presence on this special day and uh, good just to uh, worship the Lord together. Thanks, Christian, for, for sharing um, those thoughts. He won't know that, but uh, Miriam, our, our Miriam, some of you know, she lives on the opposite side of the world, 12,000 miles away in Melbourne, sent me a text, and if I had the mobile phone with me, I'd show it you, but it's not. Uh, just two or three weeks ago, says, Dad, I just feel this on my heart, uh, just to encourage you in this particular season, Joshua chapter 1, and uh, boom, 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 and here we go again this morning. So, um, yeah, we want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. I was just uh, in another context this week, reminded of Ephesians 3.8, which is not the text for this morning. The Apostle Paul says, although I am the least of all God's people, I don't think it was false humility. I think it was just a sense of where he was with the Lord. He says, this grace has been given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And I'm very conscious, friends, that whatever we do, it's all because of God's grace. It really, really is. And I'll allude to that a little bit this morning. If you've got a Bible and you'd like a foundational verse just for us to launch from this morning, it's right at the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 in the New Testament. And I'm just going to give you five words this morning. I want it to continue on our series theme of being intentional, but I also want to draw in the whole thought of Mother's Day. And I trust that you'll find all of that a help as we have the next few minutes. I'm also conscious uh, as we come to midday that some of you may have plans um, for uh, meals and lunches and seeing people later so I, I'm going to really seek to be through for 12.30 at the very, very latest. And the verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is simply this. Giving thanks in all circumstances. Giving thanks in all circumstances. This is the fourth week of this particular series. It's going to take us right up to Easter Sunday, including our Good Friday service in a few weeks' time. And it's be intentional. We need to understand, friends, that to, and the foundational verses for this are Isaiah 57, where, uh, verse 7, where the writer says, I set my face as a flint. And Luke 9, 51, where Jesus said, it said of Jesus that he resolutely set out to Jerusalem. He knew all that Jerusalem was going to bring to him, but he was intentional about doing the Father's plan. And intentionality in our lives is not to get us to God. And I don't know whether you heard the prophetic heart of Christian at the end of the worship time, but look, we can never get to God in our own strength. You cannot get to God by trying hard. You cannot get to God by turning over a new leaf. You cannot get to God in your own works. You cannot get to God by being good because all of us are bad, even the best of the goods. We've all fallen short of God's immaculate glory. But the reality is, friends, that when Jesus Christ comes into our lives, we begin a journey, not of religion trying to get to him, but relationship living from him. And we follow the Lord and we begin to work out his purpose and plan in our life. And out of that relationship, we need to be intentional. Because there will be many things that come across us that try and railroad us, distract us, obstruct us, and uh, take us away from the main thing. And the main thing is always the main thing. And the main thing is that we increasingly become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Whether you're 14, 44, or 84, the calling's the same to all of us. The context is different, but the call is exactly the same. So we need to be um, absolutely focused. We need to be deliberate. We need to be absorbed. We need to be resolved. They're all words that spill out of intentionality. And this morning, we talked, Christian led us off by talking about being rich. It was a message that took us a little bit by surprise because it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. But we can be rich because we are rich. Most people in the world, friends, don't live like us. Two billion people in the world live on the equivalent of $2 a day. 
And the reality is we're amazingly blessed in a Western society so that we might live in a way that blesses others. We then talked about be available on our Flourish morning where Christine and the teams did a fantastic job of representing over 20 ministries that operate around the church on a regular basis. And the challenge for us to be part of that because God's not only called us to be saved but also saved that we might serve. And uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. When somebody's walking away from God, there's always somebody walking to him. When somebody's dousing the prophetic word, there's always somebody else that's hearing it. When somebody's no revelation of God, there's always somebody else that's getting a revelation. And this church, friends, needs to be a church, not of the Uzziah spirit, that does its own thing, that lifts itself up in pride and gets involved in things that it's not meant to get involved in. But we need to have an Isaiah spirit where we see the Lord. And somebody just on Friday night at the prayer night said to me, you know when you're talking about Revelation, and remind us that Revelation is not for that elite group in the church that actually don't operate in Revelation. They just talk about it. Revelation's for all of us. I've never seen it like that before, it's Revelation. He says, I've got a Revelation. And he says, we've implemented something into our home and it's worked. And we're so thankful and so blessed. That's it. That's all it is. Continually growing with God. And then last week, Christian again, that second part of that message encourages us to be intentional about being our best, particularly with our personal finances. And so this morning, on this Mother's Day morning, I want to talk about be appreciative. You probably won't find that word, not even in some of the modern translations of the scriptures, but the word that interweaves with it, you'll find is a rich seam in the word, and it's the word thanks. Be appreciative. I don't know whether it's you or me, but I don't find today that society often reflects a lot of appreciation or thanks. Even when I go into a shop to spend my money to purchase goods from the person that's selling them so that he can make a profit, so that he can build his business, I, I, hear, I hear the love life of the two, the two shop assistants behind the counter. I hear what went on. You, you want to listen sometimes. You want to go across to Tesco. Whoa. But sometimes I don't get her. Some of you are in retail friends. The service levels in our nation generally are appalling. Appalling. Because people begrudgingly don't want to say thank you. And the people of God need to book the trend. You see, this church is not defined by Sunday. We love Sunday. I, I can't think of anything else I want to do really this morning, friends, than pitch up at church, meet people, engage with folks, talk about things, commiserate about yesterday, and all those sorts of things that we can do. And do all those things and worship God. Worship God. And hear his word. But you see, the thing is, it's all about lifting us today so that the kingdom of God can seep out of you tomorrow. And that you can impact people tomorrow in your context by being appreciative. What's my qualification for speaking at the Mother's Day service at church this Sunday morning? Well, for over 50 years of my life until we got to January 2007, I had one. I had a mum. And some of you know a bit of that journey of my mother that um, um, we, we come from an ordinary family. She, she not only had me, she had another three boys and another three girls. You had families like that years ago, you know. Although Kat and Darren seem as though they're catching up pretty quick, so that's, that's pretty good. But the fact is, I had a mum. And some of you know that uh, when mum got to 65... Just an ordinary family. My dad was hospital portrait, Nottingham in general, until he f finished. My mum used to do the twilight shift at Raleigh. 
threw in a few extra quid. She got a 65, dad was 68. They used to think that they needed a visa to get to Skegness. And uh, if, in fact, we didn't go to Skegness, we went to that upmarket village up the road, Ingermouse. Whoa, come on. You've been to Ingermouse Market as well. Whoa. But then they started going to Paynton when they got in the 60s. Whoa. And they had this trip booked to the Western Isles of Scotland. They never got there. Because at 65, my mum had a series of devastating strokes over a six-month period. And for the next 12 years of her life, until she died, she never spoke again. She never ate naturally. And she never walked. She had a completely active mind. She could understand any of us talking this morning. An active, lucid mind in a broken body. And uh, that was a painful experience when we realized that we not only got to start conversations, but complete them as well. And we got there. She could still smile. She could still correct dad when he got things wrong, which he does on many, many occasions. She began to see the grandchildren grow up. And she wasn't perfect. And I'll come to that a little bit later because most mums aren't. And I'll refer again to that later. But she laid some great values into my life. One was punctuality. She was the best alarm clock I've ever had. She was an early riser. For us to go to school late was completely unheard of. To the extent that Sharon now thinks that I live my life 15 minutes in front of everybody else. Because I don't like only being on time, I like being early. And if I'm late, there's always a good reason. And she taught me the value, friends, of appreciation. Because I can see it now when we used to go to grandma's or uncle and aunties. Or when we were going out somewhere with somebody, the last thing she'd say as I'm going out the door is, Oh, by the way, don't forget your please and thank yous. Live appreciatively. Be intentional about it. And friends, if I can say it with some humility today, I've never had a problem saying thank you. It's a value that was laid into me. I've had a problem saying thank you to people. I like to say thank you. I like to show appreciation most of the time, and we will come to that later. Giving thanks in all circumstances. I've got to say, friends, it's got to start with God. Why is God worthy to be praised? Simply because he's God. You know, we can try and work out all sorts of reasons why we ought to praise him at times, but he's God. And let me say this morning that with respect to the appreciation of other things in our lives, they will always carry some deficiency if we don't see that everything flows from God in the first place. Acts 17.38 says that in him we live and move and have our being. Friends, the very fact that we have life and breath today is all because of God. Someone said these words. We need to give thanks to God, not because his ego needs it, but because without giving thanks, our experience and enjoyment of him will not be complete. We need to give thanks to God because without it, we can forget that we've got a big God and end up living in fear, Christian. We need to give thanks to God because without it, we can forget his calling on our lives and begin to live with a spirit of self-preoccupation. We need to give thanks to God because it is only then, because without it, we will lose our sense of wonder and awe and gratitude and plod through our life with the blinkers on. We need to give thanks to God because without it, our natural tendency will be to go towards self-reliance and stubborn independence. Every time we give thanks to God, we are inviting God into every area of our life. And in the moments that we've got this morning, I want to talk about four circumstances where God is calling us to live intentionally, appreciatively, 
of working out a giving of thanks. Number one, we give thanks in circumstances that are difficult. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Love that verse. In all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. And, uh, and we love all those great songs that, that to speak triumphantly of pressing through in God. But read the context. Because verse 35 tells us what those things are. And it speaks about trouble and hardship and persecution and famine and nakedness and sword. And yet the Bible also tells us in those verses at the back end of Romans chapter 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We're very aware, friends, that in a growing, advancing church, and let me say, just going back to those comments that were made at the beginning, anything that I can be in the future is only because I belong to an advancing, prevailing church that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about the journey of Arena Church. Wherever Arena Church works out in the future, I love it, I'm part of it, I'm passionate about it, and that just empowers me to be whatever God, in his grace, wants me to do. But here's the truth. Across the life of a growing, advancing, prevailing church... It may be, there are all sorts of things that take place. And at this very moment, friends, in our church, there are a kaleidoscope of circumstances. And for a number of people, those issues are not easy. You may be aware of some. The burden of leadership, if I can put it that way, is we're aware of most. And friends, we're praying for people. We're believing God. We're reaching out to folks. We're visiting people. We're encouraging people. But the reality is that people on occasions find themselves in difficult circumstances. It may be a health issue. It may be, as we've alluded to this morning, a finance issue. It may be a circumstantial issue that has been something that's impacted you. It may be something that's hit you right out of the blue. And you can say, well, what have I done wrong? And the Apostle Peter writing to the church that was scattered and persecuted and, 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 and uh, I mean, all sorts of opposition against it. He wrote the first five chapters of 1 Peter, particularly for that context. And he said in chapter 4 and verse 12, don't be surprised concerning some of these things that come against you as if it was something strange happening to you. In other words, you've not done anything wrong. It's just that sometimes we have to process these things. Wilson Milsner said, life's a tough proposition and the first hundred years are the hardest. And the fact is that sometimes, some of you got it, the fact is that sometimes life can be tough. We don't go looking for the difficult times, and I'll come to that in a moment. We don't deliberately push ourselves in crisis situations, but sometimes they find us, sometimes they come to us, sometimes they seem as though they will overwhelm us, but nothing can separate you or I from the love of God. And if I can be as bold this morning, friends, not even death. That's the great hope of life as a Christian. That, friends, as we celebrate on occasions people's lives, it's not a separation. It's actually a joining to be with their maker forever and forever. In the 17th century, Germany was in a state of war, fighting one against another. And there was a a German parish priest, Pastor Martin Reichardt, who in 1639 buried 5,000 of his parishioners in a year. 100 a week. 100 a week. 
a time of death, a time of desolation, a time of grief, every week. And Miriam was in a context right up in the Kimberleys of Western Australia, two or three years ago, working amongst the uh, native aboriginals of Australia. And pro rata, there were 14 deaths to every marriage in that particular community because of the power of alcohol and drink and drugs. And as a pastor and his wife, ministering into that situation week after week after week after week. And somebody said to Martin Reichardt, how do you respond to that? And he was inspired to write a verse. And some of you that can remember the old school assemblies will may remember singing this verse. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it this morning. But it says, now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things have done in whom the world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has led us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. That's, that's living intentionally appreciative, even in the difficult times. So I want to say, friends, that we want to help people through. We want to stand with people. We want to be with people. I wish I could say across Arena Church, friends, that we're never going to get a challenge again, that there's not going to be one person in our church that's never going to go through a crisis again, but I really can't say it. But even in the difficult circumstances, we can come to a place of living appreciatively and giving thanks to God in all circumstances. Number two, circumstances that are normal. You see, if you are ever living in a crisis, you're not only going to wear yourself out, you're going to wear us out as well. God's not called you to live in a crisis 24-7. He really hasn't. And he wants you to enjoy the normality of life so that you may be positioned to face the crisis and come through the other side. You see, routine and regularity are part of God's plan for us. And as someone said to me some time ago, you need to make routine your friend. He didn't just say it to me, he said it to others. And part of my life works, friends, because I make routine my friends. I like the spontaneity of life, but I don't like the spontaneity of life all the time. I like structures. I like to pitch up. I like, in that sense, to go to work. I like to have a defined day. I like to plan. I like to do things. That's why things get done. Because I intentionally plan to get things done. We said to some of the guys... At the beginning of the year, imagine that you were responsible for the next 52 Sundays in our church, making sure the ministry was on track, making sure the visiting ministry. Just look down the line, friends. There was a few gulps. Because it doesn't just happen. But you see, so often, friends, in the routine of life, in the hospital, in the school, in the classroom, in the college, in the workplace, at the workbench, we can so often bemoan it and lose our sense of gratitude. Oh, I wish I was there. Oh, I wish I, uh, we should have emigrated to Canada. Oh, I wish I had that job. Oh, I wish I were in that church. There's so many people all around the world, friends, wishing they were in the church that they're not in. And, 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 and that's an expression of, of restlessness that needs to be dealt with. Instead of appreciating all the normal things that God has blessed us with, how about a response to this prayer this morning as we give thanks for normality? Even though I clutch my blanket and growl when the alarm goes off, thank you, Lord, I can hear. And there are many who are deaf. Even though I close my eyes as long as possible against the morning light, thank you, I can see, Lord, there are many who are blind. Even though I can put off the effort to rise... Thank you, Lord, that I have strength to get up. There are many that are bedridden. 
Even though the first hour of the day is hectic, when socks are lost, toast is burnt, and tempers can be shortened, that's only Sharon and me. Then, <laughs> don't go to lost socks, please. <laughs> I need to mop my brow. <laughs> I'm the only guy that wears a pair of socks once. Because I never get one back. You know. <laughs> These are probably odd, you know. <laughs> now then, where was it? Even though the first hour of the day is hectic, when socks are lost, toast is burnt, and tempers can be short, thank you, Lord, for my family. There are many who are alone. Even though our breakfast table never looks like the pictures in the magazines, thank you for food. There are many who are hungry. Even though my job is sometimes monotonous, thank you for work. There are many unemployed. Even though I complain from time to time when and wish things were different, thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. Even though I stumble and fall, thank you, Lord, for the grace to get up again. Lord, thank you for all your blessings and more beside. And all God's people said, Amen. The normality of life. You see, because it all starts with God. I was talking to somebody after the first service that said, she's confronted with people that are always living with a book. Oh, yeah, but. Oh, yeah, but. No, but when it all starts with God, we even thank God for the normal things. Number three, give me thanks in all circumstances, not only the times that are different, difficult, not only the times that are just normal, but also circumstances that are irksome. I want you to think for a moment. I want you to be real. What are the things that get on your nerves? Because this week, you are going to have the intentional opportunity to change. I'm going to give you an example. What are the things that get on your nerves? And here's the one that's going to get, I'm going to use this morning, uninvited telephone calls, all right? It really gets on my nerves. Now, Sharon and me, just in terms of our life, are not in our house most of the day. Sharon works across here, I do, and we're out and everything. So I'm filling my gas thing in nowadays and sending it off. But literally, and I'm not exaggerating, these are calls over the last month to our house. In fact, sometimes I think they sat around saying, that filling Sharon pie, let's wind them up again. Send them a phone call, you know. <laughs> these phone calls, because we're not normally in during the day, normally come when we're eating at night, when I'm having a shave, ready to go back out to church for equippers. When even the other, a quarter to nine. It was one of those nights we weren't doing anything. We're all relaxed. Ring, 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 Mr. Pie. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, on occasions, have banged the phone down. Okay, let's get that out of the way. But literally, spirit-led living spoke to me. Because I was in sales for 13, 14 years. God says, you've been on the end of those phones at times. Yeah. You know how difficult it is to get calls? Yeah. Do you like people swearing it down the phone? I didn't swear, by the way. But, but. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I didn't. You know. <laughs> so be appreciative. So here's how it goes. Literally the last month, Eon. Would you like boiler protection cover? No. EDF. Leaving aside the French, so they've got no... Ch- oh, no ch- <laughs> so, sorry. 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 Would you like us to become your electric supplier? No. 
You have been chosen to be part of a group of people that we're looking to fit a new kitchen. Would you like us to come and do a survey? No. You're getting it. And then, having filled in the national survey, I got somebody telling me that I was part of a special survey. It was to do with double glazing. No. And the last one, which I knew was he was taking the rip. I, I, I've got some knowledge of mortgage, etc. I rang you, Mr. Pye, six months ago, and you said, give me a ring in six months so that we could consider changing... I know all of them, you know, so that we could consider changing your mortgage. Now, I wish I didn't have a mortgage. But the reality is my mortgage is with the bank. It's a tracker mortgage that tracks the base interest rate. So my mortgage rate is as low historically as when it's ever been. When I first bought a house, I was paying 15.4%. It's 1989. It wrecked us. Absolutely wrecked us. Now it's about 1.25. So I says to this guy, really don't think you did, mate. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, sorry. But here's how it goes. These people are ringing up, they're ringing you, they're ringing me. So here's how it goes. I listen, and then I say, I really appreciate the call. Now you've got to have about four seconds of silence. It seems like four minutes, because they're going to somebody else. Someone appreciates the call. Someone appreciates the call. I really appreciate the call, but the answer is no. You've still said no. You're still not spending any money a month, but you have sowed something into somebody's life that has made their day. They've had all sorts. And you say you've appreciated the call. Irksome. Now you've got to apply that to yourself. It, for me, it was telephone calls. I'm sure there's other things as well. You know. But this week, making a difference simply by saying, I really appreciate you. Finally, friends, circumstances that are special. And we know today that the florists and the card sellers have been licking their lips at a good take on Mother's Day. But I want to say it's great for us to be able to have an opportunity to honour mums. And in that wider sense, and some of you know that in Eastern Europe, particularly International Ladies' Day is very well subscribed to and, and attended. But that whole sense of womanhood, and we honour it in this church. And uh, we really do. And I, I've said to people, I genuinely make it, I love the mix in this church. I really love the mix in this church. And ladies, you bring something to the church that the blokes can't bring. I know it's pretty obvious, but you do. Intuitively, sensitively, compassionately. We blunder bluss at times. We, we're sort of marching through certain stuff. And you bring something to the life of this church within your spirituality. It's just different from us. And we need it. And... Uh, Here's something I came across about mums. Because the Bible has a lot to say on the subject, as you can imagine. And he says these words. The Bible paints various portraits of mothers. And while they weren't perfect, remember what I said about my mum? Each one tells a story. Moses' mother broke the laws of the land to ensure Moses' safety and to teach him the faith of his people. Then there's the mum who carried... Her child before King Solomon prepared to forfeit the child rather than see him harmed. James and John's mother loved them so much that she wanted them to sit on the other on either side of Christ in his future kingdom forever. And of course, Jesus says, You don't know what you're asking. And then Paul saw in Timothy 
a young man of sterling character because of the faith handed down by his grandmother, Lois, to his mother, Eunice. The most significant thing that we know about Timothy's mother is that her mom was a believer. And while your faith can never be inherited, it can be passed from one generation to another through the influence of godly parents. And that is a powerful, powerful principle. There are people in our church that are first-generation Christians. You can look back and say, I don't know anybody else in our, our family that's a Christian. And you have the opportunity in God to begin to start to sow into the generations that succeed you. The life of God is amazing. It's amazing. We've got across this church this morning three, four generations of Christian believers. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. A little boy forgot his lines in the Sunday school play. And his mother was on the sidelines and she whispered the cue. She says, I am the light of the world. The little boy went back into the play and with great feeling announced, my mother is the light of the world. <laughs> and a few mums have thought that over the years, yeah. We smile, but the truth is mothers write on the hearts of their children what the hand of time can never erase. Someone says, it's only later in life that children gaze backwards, and I'm a big kid gazing backwards, and see our mother's hand and heart as shaped our destiny and we give thanks to God for all of that what about Katie Luther what about Suzanne Whistley two men that literally shaped the change of history friends through their prophetic passion for the gospel but both the mums Katie Luther to Martin Susanna Wesley to John hailed as great mums and helpmeets in that time of ministry and what about the wider impact of, of women and the, there's thousands but what about prison rep reform through Elizabeth Fry what about the compilation of great hymns of praise through a, brine, a blind woman, F.J. Crosby? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, penned by that great lady. What about social reform as Catherine Booth picked up on the mantle of anointing from the General Booth, the son of Nottingham just down the road? What about the gospel to the nations through Mary Slessor and Gladys Aylward amongst scores of apostolic women leaders? that were a forerunner to what we now know as modern missions around the earth. What about the prophetic voice to the poor in Mother Teresa on the streets of Calcutta? And so we could go on. Many of them mothers. But if I could say today also very sensitively and carefully, many of these women died to their maternal instinct for the greater cause of the kingdom. You see, there were times, friends, in missions way back that you couldn't go unless you were single. They didn't do that because they had to. They did it because they chose to, and we salute them that we can be here today drawing on all the blessing that they have sown into the kingdom of God. So I say to people today, I've said to one or two of the kids, have you brought your mum a card? One or two have looked at me and thought, what card? You know, well, you've, got, you've still got time to redeem yourself. But let's take opportunity of these special circumstances. It's got to be more than a text today, surely. Love you, ma'am, you know, with a cross on it. It's got to be more than that, you know. But flowers, a gift just regaling in some of the precious memories of all of that journey. And friends, God will bless us as we do so. I've used a bit of humor this morning, but I've also tried to touch on one or two sensitive and serious issues. And the reality is, friends, that very often our old life, our flesh life, wars against some of this stuff. We actually get sucked into the spirit of the world, and God's asked us to be different.
The last word is with Mother Teresa, and it's this. She said this. She said, there's more hunger for appreciation in the world than there is for bread. There's more hunger for appreciation in the world than there is for bread. Arena Church, people of the kingdom of God, let's not disappoint that starving society. Even when we feel like slamming the phone down at that inopportune moment, let's resolve to intentionally be appreciative. In circumstances that are difficult, in circumstances that are normal, in circumstances that are irksome, and on this Mother's Day, in circumstances that are special, giving thanks in all circumstances, every one of us can do it, and you will inevitably make a difference. Amen. Would the musicians just come on the stage? That would be great. We're going to finish with the song. We'll finish with uh, How Great Is Our God, if we can, this morning. I wonder if we just bow our heads, just for a few moments. I want everybody involved in this prayer, first of all. If we will be intentional about putting on this most excellent virtue of appreciation and thankfulness, it will just spill out.